This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. So a good start, which was new, but a not-so-good finish, which has not been new. Add it all up, and the Cardinals lose 31-21 to the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. Cardinals drop to 3-6, and six, and we're going to put that in the rearview mirror here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by Seeky, your ticket to great seats. Certainly not great overall. This team now three games under five hundred and 0-3 within the NFC West. Yes, there is still time, but they are quickly running out of time. Kyle, when you look back at Sunday's game getting swept by the Seahawks, what stood out? Just the number of mistakes, crucial mistakes in critical moments of the game. <clears throat> you know, it was bad snaps, drops, penalties, uh, missed interceptions, sacks given up. Um, it, I mean, one of the biggest things uh, with this offense, the way the way teams are playing them and making them drive the, drive the field and um, making them execute play after play, it's the pre-snap penalties that, that get them behind the sticks that are killing drives. Um, you know, there's just so many things to clean up. And, you know, in spite of all of the critical mistakes, this team still has opportunities late in the game. So if they can clean up, you know, it's impossible to play a completely clean football game, but to eliminate a number of those mistakes gives this team an opportunity to win. So, um, you know, Coach Kingsbury alluded to it this week. This team plays hard. This team is fighting on the football field. It's just a matter of not shooting themselves in the foot and and really beating themselves because they played a good football team, a good football team that didn't make the same mistakes they made, and they still had an opportunity late in that game. Only trailed by three going into the fourth quarter. So they had they were in position to tie the game or win the game, and Cardinals did not. Again, 31-21. But I mentioned the better start, Drew, because for the first time this season, a first-quarter touchdown. They led at the end of the first quarter, retook the lead early in the third quarter, but it's all that stuff in between the inability of the offense to sustain drives, stay on the football field. Yeah, it's the ebbs and flows, right? And unfortunately, when it goes down, it goes down how quickly. And this was a team that looks like they were about to turn the corner. That first drive was great. You go down and get a touchdown. They are in rhythm. They are pushing the envelope tempo-wise. That's who Cliff wants to be. If you're going to say anything about this offense, if this was the identity... It is a matter of getting up there and making the defense uncomfortable, trying to execute at a high level, get the ball out quick, get it on the perimeter, do all of these things. But when it doesn't go well, what's your plan B? And that's what we see sometimes when this offense sputters is three and out, three and out. Even you know that drive that they had, the two-minute drive, was great. They were going down there. A great effort play by the corner to get there and just punch the ball out, and those are points off the board. I mean, it's a different mindset going into halftime, right? That all being said... It's weathering these storms. It's the, it's taking the good and the bad and putting it all together. 
and we saw a football team on the other side of the ball, on the other sideline, that when adversity hit, they answered the bell. As soon as that pick six happened, right, Geno Smith trots back out there, 13-play drive, touchdown. Again, 13-play drive, touchdown. And it just took the air out of the stadium. It took the air out of the sidelines because you saw a team that even though they were only down 10 points, it felt like it was an insurmountable lead, and that's something that can't happen because every week's going to come down to a handful of plays. We know that. But every week's also going to come down to a one-score game. We've had more one-score games than ever in this league. So you have to keep fighting and fighting and fighting, and that's a mentality. That's a leadership type of thing that you have to be able to take accountability for, and then that's something that when you look at the sidelines, you can't be able to tell what the score is. Right now, when you look at that sidelines, you can tell if we're up, if we're down, if people are, are you know, not going well or selfish or all of these things. That's the sign of a football team that's still trying to find their identity partway through the season, and that's usually what results in losses. Plenty of blame to go around. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury, though, said point the blame at him. Yeah, it starts with me. There's no doubt. i, I got to find a way to uh, make sure – you know we're practicing at a higher level and, and holding ourselves to different standards because it just hasn't been good enough and when you do it against teams like this they're going to take advantage of it and they did that today it's different players each week penalties turnovers drop passes dropped interceptions the bad snap kyler murray asked post game why the same things keep happening to this team this year i, I don't know stress uh you know heat of the moment i don't i couldn't tell you i just uh Stuff that can't happen is happening. Wish I had an answer for you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, try, it's hard to continue to you know put, push ourselves back and try to make up for those yards against teams that are just, you know, playing bimba on break. It's, you know, it's, we're third and 15, third and 16. It's tough. We heard a lot of players post-game talk, Kyle, talk about that this is not happening in practice, the days leading up to game day. And for whatever reason, the lights go on and then everything just kind of falls apart and they're not as clean. They're not as efficient, whether on offense or defense. So everyone's wondering what's going on because you're you're more than halfway through this season and the goal is still to get to the postseason, even though that seems, you know, seems rather far-fetched at this point. Yeah, to me, look, the, the game is different than when even Drew and I played. Um, you you don't practice like you used to, but you have to find ways to make practice as close to a game-type situation as possible, whether you need a play clock out there, whether you need to hire some high school ref to come in and watch practice. Um, you know, it's, it's again, it, this team, with you take away – throughout all the struggles through the early part of the season, penalties were not an issue. Penalties have really popped up these last two weeks, and that's a concern because you take away the pre-snap penalties in this game, and the Cardinals have the ability to move the chains. The Cardinals have the ability to score more points. It's it's killing their drives. And again, the way teams are playing them, you put yourself um, in first and 15, you put yourself in second and 12, it's going to become a lot more difficult to move the ball down the field. You have to execute over and over and over. So the only way to uh, you know, work on that at practice is to try to create competition, try to create a game-type environment. You know, I realize it's not full pads, it's not banging, you don't work on tackling in practice, but you can try to simulate, you know, with the play clock, with the referee spotting the ball, with um, with the defense coming after you inside, and and then, you know, that will hopefully correlate to a much cleaner game on Sundays. 
Cardinals finished with a season-low 262 yards of total offense. There was a point there in the second quarter. Again, still a relatively close game, only down three at that point, 10-7. But head coach Cliff Kingsbury got the entire offense together on the sideline. Post-game, he was asked about it. Just talking through, hey, I like what you know we're seeing out there. We have things that we can do. We just got to stop hurting ourselves. That was more the message. Um, those things were showing up early, and I uh, felt like we could move the ball and sustain drives if we just cleaned some of that stuff up. Unfortunately, you know, we weren't able to do that. You look at that first drive, drew 83 yards. The next seven drives totaled 73 yards and 66 were on the drive right before halftime it's just when you put this team in difficult situations behind the sticks or third and long and as i mentioned post game on sunday 14 third down attempts six were at least third and eight or more yeah, I mean, it's difficult to be able to overcome that, and that's what I've talked about before. Is situational football is imperative at this level, and it starts and stops with understanding that. It starts and stops with understanding the situation that you're in. I mean, to even take that a step further, the yards you're talking about, right, they were under 200 total yards until the fourth quarter when they went and scored that touchdown around midfield or wherever they had the ball, right? It just it was a lull of a game for the offense, but they were still in it, right? They were still had an opportunity because the defense was doing it. The defense was dog tired, right? You've got to find ways to make a play when you need to. They were just out there for so long, so it's hard when you put the defense at that kind of a tilt. It's saying that, right? Why they were doing so well in the past? This defense has become a bright spot for this team. Uh, at, until as of late. Now they've given up over 30 points in the last three games with an offense that's not scoring. So, again, it's situational football. It's understanding that, and it's one guy at a time, one of 11 that's not doing their job, right? It's a snap over the head here. It's a false start there. Somebody needs to not be okay with making these mistakes. A loud message needs to be sent by the leaders on this offense, by the leaders on this team, that if you're going to make these mistakes and consistently make the same mistakes... I'd rather play with somebody else, a lesser talent that I can rely on because all it comes down to is trusting the guy next to you in this sport. And if you can't trust the guy to go out and do his job, then you're not going to be able to do it at the highest level. And this offense has shown at times when they are on the same page, they can be fantastic. They can do all of these things. DeAndre Hopkins is as good as anybody in this league. And when he came back, he was an unbelievable shot in the arm with the number of targets he was getting. And then he disappeared after the first drive. Yeah, he was only targeted, I believe, a couple of times after that first drive. The defense, though, Kyle, again, you had the opportunity late in the game to get off the field, give your opportunity to the offense another time. Yeah, you're asked to be on that field a lot. I believe the time of possession was plus nine in favor of the Seahawks. But that's the job of the defense. That's what they said post game. Hey, however many times we're asked to stop an opponent, we got to stop them. And they didn't those final three drives. Yeah, to me, you know what the defense is missing right now is is finding that consistent pass rusher that's getting back there and, and getting that consistent heat. Um, you know, JJ Watt has been good the last few weeks. Um, outside of him, um, you know, they're just not getting consistent pressure, and that's what you need. I mean, uh, you know, that's why cornerbacks and pass rushers are paid the way they're paid in this league is getting off the field on third down, and when a team is consistently converting in third down. Um, it, you know, it's 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 a problem, and it's it's it, it, this defense when it needed to couldn't get that big stop on third down. And again, um, it, you know, a lot like against the Minnesota Vikings, a lot of the issues are the first and second down defense with um, Seattle having success. Kenneth Walker the third being able to move the ball on the ground. They were in third and manageable for a good part of that game, and it, it allowed the Seahawks to convert, and the Cardinals couldn't get off the field. 
Seahawks converted their last seven third down attempts. There was not even a third down. They didn't get to third down on that final scoring drive in which Kenneth Walker scored from five yards out to make it 31-21, which turned out to be the final score. Cardinals lose. They are 3-6 and six on the season. Hey, episode 49 of the Day Patch podcast featuring legendary broadcaster Jim Nance will premiere this week to catch up on past episodes. Follow the Day Patch podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at HashPod. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Craig Rayleigh, Drew Stanton, and Kyle Vandenbosch, we continue to put continue to look back at Sunday's 31-21 loss and focus on the offense again a good starts but did not score until the fourth quarter what happens in between this is the Arizona Cardinals radio network this is going to be a pass play Murray setting up now he's in trouble backing up throws complete near side to Hopkins at the 15 turns right 10 5 in the end zone for the touchdown Great patience by Kyler Murray with pressure in his face. He waited, found DeAndre Hopkins, who did the rest, and the Cardinals get a first-quarter touchdown for the first time in a long time. This house is clean. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) The Seattle Seahawks playing his own. Kyler Murray saw it, put it on D-Hop, and Nuke knows what to do in that case. Touchdown. Opening drive, opening offensive drive for the Arizona Cardinals. Nine plays, 83 yards, and on third and two, DeAndre Hopkins coming across the middle, catches the ball, takes it the rest of the way for the 22-yard catch and run for the score. And at that point, the Cardinals had a lead, 7-3 to with 6.17 to go in the first quarter. The offense, however, would not score again until the three-and-a-half mark of the fourth quarter. And, oh, by the way, Drew, I did look it up, so we are official here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by Seek Eager Ticket to Great Seats. DeAndre Hopkins was targeted only three times after the first drive. So he disappeared. To your point, why does that happen when the previous two games he had been targeted at least ten times? Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously he was targeted on the touchdown with the false start, which would have been... That's really true. nice too. So I mean that that's taken into consideration. Again, that's a guy that you should have a special category on your call sheet of saying how can I get the ball in this guy's hands? How can I do it? And again, I think Cliff does a tremendous job with his opening script. If you look at what they did, they try to get everybody inserted into the game. They try to show different looks and different formations. They showed some new wrinkles. They're setting stuff up. They're being able to do that. Having James Conner back was huge, I think, just for the psyche of that offense, for the mentality of how they go about it. Uh, Being able to utilize those weapons, you want to try and make sure everybody touches the football in that first drive they did a great job on third down of being able to sustain drives even that third down touchdown right they try to run a matchup zone they get the ball running in deandre hopkins hands and he does the rest i mean the playmakers and the individual talent on this offense are undisputable right that you see what they have on paper and it's tremendous how it all fits together is still a little bit of a work in progress for a multitude of reasons part of that is you were with deandre first without deandre for six weeks and how he fits back into the mold on that kind of an absence i mean 
mean, that's an eternity in an NFL season, six weeks. I mean, this is a week-to-week business, and when you don't have somebody like that, you're trying to find ways. And again, it is this cat-and-mouse game because teams are playing softer. They're doing all of these things. You've got to manufacture ways to get the ball in his hands, get the ball in Rondell Moore's hands when he's running, Zach Ertz. James Conner, all of these guys have to be able to be getting you know five plus touches for sure and targets and all these things. So it's a concerted effort to make sure that they're involved. That opening drive, nine plays, there were four first downs, but then the next three offensive possessions, no drive longer than five yards and only one total first down over those next three possessions. That's that's the inconsistency here, Kyle, of this offense because as much as we've been talking about the inability to score a touchdown in the first quarter, that's now wiped away, but you got to be able to build upon that, and they were not able to do that on Sunday. Yeah, it, it seems like they're unable to capitalize on momentum. Um, you know, a big play on offense, and then and then the defense gives up one, or a, a defense scores a touchdown, and then the offense can't capitalize on that. Um, it's 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 you know, that what you want to avoid when you're going through struggles, when you have mistakes that keep popping up, you want to avoid that here we go again moment. And it came pretty early when Billy Price snapped that ball over Kyler's head. It just felt like. Here we go again. You know, it was the team was off to a fast start. Offense was playing well. Defense was playing well. And then, boom, it felt like we're going to fall back into this trap of, of shooting ourselves in the foot. And, and sure enough, that's what came to be true. Um, and in those moments, what you need is you need somebody to step up. You need your, your key players, your leaders, your playmakers, your DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, to me, that's the biggest mystery of this game is why he disappeared and, and why he wasn't targeted. I mean, he is your cheat code. He is your, um, in case of emergency, break glass. Like, we can't get anything going on offense. Just throw it to D-Hop. He will, you know, I heard it talked about this week, but, you know, when the offense struggled in the past, when Larry Fitzgerald was here, you just throw him a you know a five-yard pass and the crowd goes wild. If you can get the ball in DeAndre Hopkins' hands, get the crowd back into it, get your sidelines back fired up, I, you know that to me that could have been the key to get the offense going again. Hopkins Larry, had Larry. two catches on I mean, that I used first to drive, love that. and that's and wonder if that now becomes D Hop. You just even if it's a, a quick short pass to get everyone involved, I would like to see that a little bit more. Because I don't know if it doesn't have the same. No, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Yeah, it's yeah, not the same chant, but yeah. it would have the same maybe sense within the building and on the sideline hey we're rolling again deandre hopkins has got the football for sure that's why i think that uh, you know hopefully on cliff's call sheet there is that box that says okay this is how i i know i can put him in the slot i can do this these are the coverages on first and second down we're anticipating to see third down's a crapshoot because you don't really know and it's too late at that point but to kyle's point as well right like there was multiple times that if just one thing had gone a little bit differently because they had it wasn't like they were third and unmanageable in those drives that they didn't convert it was third and short and they just weren't able to do it one of them was negated because of uh defensive holding which there was lucky about deandre has to have everything go through him that's just the the what is going to happen for this team to be able to find a way when much like this week right i would imagine jalen ramsey is going to go on him because he travels to the slot he does all these things but he is susceptible and he is good enough with a catch radius as big as anybody in this league uh, that he can go out there and do that. And Kyler's got to be able to have him as the primary uh, way more than what we saw in that second half because it is infectious. It, it, it infuses life into an offense that could just be kind of going through the motions. Uh, but 
the same can be said with the other playmakers. I think that when this offense is at its best, they are pushing the envelope. They are pushing the tempo up and down the field, and it's just hard to do when you uh, continually go three and out and can't really establish a solid run game either. Again, a great start, that opening drive, but then there was nothing on offense until late in the fourth quarter. Kyler Murray on the offensive issues on Sunday. First drive was, you know, easy, uh, on time, on schedule. Um, I obviously, you know, had to make a couple plays, uh, you know, with their D-line being pretty good, um, escaping to use my legs. But, you know, ended up in the end zone um, in that second drive, third and one, you know, and, and kind of the story of the day, I feel like, was just, you know, I, I, don't, I couldn't I couldn't give you the answer or what, why or what. Um, we just, you know, kept kept shooting ourselves in the foot. Got to be able to secure, secure the football on that fumble because, yeah, you were in position at worst to kick a field goal and tie the game up going into halftime. Doesn't happen that way. And then you come out of the locker room with back-to-back three and outs for your offense. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury on what happened on the offense. It was good to see. Kyler made a nice play with his legs on third down, and then obviously Hop did a good job finishing that one off. But after that, just you know, disjointed uh, the penalties, you know, the fumble, a couple big drops, and we just the little things continue to kill us, and, and we got to put that together. The penalties we talked about it eight pre-snap penalties. There were five false fault start penalties, Kyle, and you're playing at home, but there were five on Sunday. Yeah, those aren't little things. Uh, I mean, again, when you are going with tempo and you're trying to move the ball, um, penalties kill that. It kills your momentum. It kills you catching the defense by surprise. It kills you preventing them from substituting. Um, And when a team, like I said earlier, when a team is trying to keep everything in front, uh, defense is trying to keep everything in front, trying to make you dink and dunk your way down the field. That's what you have to do. You have to be able to execute. You have to be able to convert um, you know, short passes, short third downs. You have to be able to run the ball and, and get those safeties to creep up. I mean, if you can put together – this team has shown early in the season uh, there's so many times they put together 12, 14, 15 play drives. And, look, I, I know that at some point if you can do that throughout the course of a half, if you can do that two or three straight series – they're going to have to play their defense differently. They're going to have to play you more honestly if you're able to execute over and over and over again. And that's been the Achilles heel of this team where they are able to execute for a short period of time. Sometimes they're able to put a couple of first downs together and then, you know, those mistakes. And um, for whatever reason, these penalties are new things. And it's got to be cleaned up because if, if this team is going to be efficient, if this team is going to put drives together and move the ball down the field, they can't make those mistakes that put them behind the sticks and make it much more difficult to continue to convert uh, third downs and get the chains moving. Defense called for three pre-snap penalties, so it wasn't all on the offense, but 12. That's a number we have not seen a lot of. It was actually tied what happened in Las Vegas against the Raiders, so a season-high tying 12 penalties. and It's not always the number, Drew. I always say sometimes it's what kind of penalty, when did the penalties occur, because a first and 10 becomes a first and 15, or a third and two, there's a penalty, and all of a sudden it's an automatic first down for your opponent. Those are the penalties that are glaring, but there were too many of those 12 penalties that were glaring to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, uh, I think that Cliff and Kyler say all the right things to the media. Hopefully behind closed doors, there's some serious conversations being had, because I think it's great, right? Everybody knows that that snap went over their head in a critical moment on third and one. 
But if you're going to let that be okay to try and do somebody, it's got to hopefully it's uncomfortable in that locker room right now because as you alluded to, 12 penalties, you're beating yourself. It's hard enough to go out and beat a good football team, but when you beat yourself and put yourself behind the eight ball, you're not going to have any chance of coming back or trying to stay, you know, neck and neck with somebody like that. And you have to be able to assess all of these things. It's not physical. Right? It's hard enough. Physical mistakes are going to happen throughout the course of this league. In any game, there's going to be physical things that just don't go your way. You make the play, and sometimes it's extraordinary. Other things, physical components are going to happen. Mental things cannot happen to beat yourself. Mental situations and lapses like that, once you do it you know, once or twice or three times, you shouldn't be on the field. At this level, at home, it's inexcusable to be able to accept something like that because that's a direct reflection of why this team is not winning. Eight of the 12 penalties, again, pre-snap. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. No, not against that team. We knew what they do. Um, you get in segment long, they're going to be in the too high shell and, and make you check it down underneath and keep things in front of them. And with those interior pieces uh, down, you know, the run game was a little tough, but uh, we got to find a way to stay on the field. There were back-to-back false star penalties by Cody Ford and Lucita Smith. And Kyle, again, that just kind of sucks the life out of everyone in the stadium. The roof was open, and so there's somewhere for that noise and air to go, and it went right up the top. And it just it, it gets you get that feeling once again. It's like, as you mentioned, here we go again. And you're in this is the second quarter when those back-to-back false star penalties, and you're only down three. Right. Um, but when it happens, uh, when you're on a football field and those mistakes happen and you get that here-we-go-again feeling, um, it feels like you can't overcome it. And, uh, again, all it took was a big play. All it took was putting a drive together. All it took was, um, it, you know, the Zaven Collins interception. It felt like, watching that game, it felt like this was the moment. It felt like New Orleans again. It felt like here was the play we needed. This was our springboard. Um, hopefully the offense can come out now get us some points, the defense get a couple stops, and it was, you know, it was the opposite. The offense didn't, you know, did get a score, but the defense couldn't get any stops after that. And, um, and like you talked about, it's not just the penalties, it's when they happen. Um, it's the mistakes when they're happening seem to come at all of the worst times, and, and it seems deflating. I mean, I know, um, you know, we can't really get a feel for what's going on on that sideline, what's going on when Cliff Kingsbury brings the entire offense together. Um, but it feels like some of those mistakes are just too difficult to overcome, and it just sucks the life out of that sideline. Pre-snap penalty, the snap over the head of Kyler Murray, which perhaps, who knows, on that second possession on third and one, maybe that drive, you take it downfield, maybe, maybe not. And then, of course, the fumble, great play by Kyler Murray to avoid the sack, get the first down on fourth and four, yet once again running in open field and is not securing the football and it gets punched out from behind. And again, you go into the locker room with your heads down as opposed to perhaps feeling good about yourself going into the second half. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your ticket to great seats as we continue breaking down what happened in week nine and the Cardinals loss to the Seahawks. We'll touch on the defense, the good and the bad on that side of the ball. We do it every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Craig Raylou, Drew Stanton, and Kyle Vandenbosch here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Geno Smith in the pistol. Behind him is Kenneth Walker. Snap to Smith. He's going to throw. And tried to dump it off. It's picked off at the 30 on the near side by Collins. Running it back and forth to the 20 to 10. Touchdown! Saban 
That was a check down to the right. And Saban Collins read it. He picked it off, and then he returned it to give the Cardinals the lead, 13 to 10. Saban with a look what I found pick. And then shows off that speed. That is a big man running. Taking it all the way back for a pick six, baby. And you thought perhaps one of those game-changing plays. It was a game-changing play and the fact that it changed the score, putting the Cardinals in front 14-10. to Unfortunately, it did not change the outcome. Cardinals go on to lose 31-21, falling to 3-6 and as we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by Seat. Get your ticket to great seats. Craig Riolu, Drew Stanton, and Kyle Vandenbosch, and that Zayvon Collins pick six, the fifth defensive or special teams touchdown this season, most in the NFL fell and Zaven looked like Kyle a little bit on that play showing the athleticism stepping in front of the passing lane making sure the ball was secured and then running 30 yards no one was going to catch him how many career touchdowns he got one but which Kyle we talking about (laughs) it's not me obviously no he it was a great play um you know he each week um well you know he's he's been playing solid football now for four or five weeks straight and um, you know, quite honestly, between he and Isaiah Simmons, um, they continually show up and make big plays for this defense. And I mean, they have two sacks each, and they've become a part of the pass rush as well, both showing the ability to get to the quarterback. So, um, it, you know, it, it's just been this type of stretch where it feels like the defense is the side of the ball that not only needs to get stops, but needs to make game changing type plays and, and win. It, you know, when you could put the ball in the end zone and you're on defense, it's such a huge momentum swing for your team. Um, it was just unfortunate, again, that the, the Cardinals were not able to capitalize on that play. Marco Wilson, Isaiah Simmons also with pick sixes. Byron Murphy, a fumble return for a score. And then Chris Banja with the special teams recovering the fumble in the end zone. Five total touchdowns on the defense and or special teams. Zayvon Collins, let's hear from him on his pick six. Was just in a type of pressure and read it. I saw the back flare and figured he was going to try next to him just because we got a, a zone behind it. And then I saw him flinch that way and I just jumped and got my hands on the ball. And that, Drew, was the last mistake Geno Smith would make for the game because after that play, he comes back out on the field, orchestrates a 13 play scoring drive, then another 13 play scoring drive and then a five play scoring drive he was 10 of 12 for 138 yards and a touchdown after the pick six yeah I mean it's it's very impressive to be able to have that kind of resiliency and then come out but it also matches up with who they are right it matches up with the identity of that team they established the run Kenneth Walker looked great they had a great call in their four minute offense to come out with a little play action knowing that you're probably gonna get a run blitz and then you know they they flipped the entire field by having Noah Fant go off however many yards it was and they ended up on the 30 yard line Kenneth Walker does a nice job of dancing around again there was another self-inflicted wound there of a defensive offside so you've got to be able to do that and this is an offense this is a culture that exists right now in Seattle that when they when something bad happens they don't blink and there's something to be said knowing you're going up against that kind of an opponent you can't give them anything tremendous play by Zayvon Collins I talked about it before too 
Antonio Hamilton was close to doing the exact same thing right before halftime, right? I mean, these game play, these game changing type plays that we're seeing from this defense week in and week out to have five scores at this point is very impressive. The thing that is becoming more of an issue, though, right, is you see these teams that are good with veteran quarterbacks, they're converting on third down in the red zone, right? Red zone has been, red zone defense has become an issue as of late. When you have, you know, the last three games when you're giving up over 30 points a game, it's really hard. When they weren't, they were efficient in the red zone. They were doing a great job on third down uh, the last two weeks is it nine for nine touchdowns when they enter the, the red, red zone, zone yes that's a that's a hard thing to be able to overcome to be able to do that uh, and when you do pressure when you try and put pressure on the quarterback you've got to make sure you get home because if you don't the quarterbacks in this league will pick you apart and that's what we've seen unfortunately the last couple of weeks cardinals defensively struggling in the red zone struggling on third down as well getting opponents off the field is again 10 of 15 on third down were the Seahawks, including converting their last seven. Here's Kingsbury on why the defense struggled. Yeah, I think they just got worn down. I thought they, they you know, played hard, played tough. Zavin obviously had a great play on the interception, and they were on the field too much. Uh, we, we put them in a tough situation offensively, a bunch of three and outs, and, and we got to be better than that. Cardinals defense on the field for nine more minutes than their counterparts with Seattle. And as we touched on, nine for nine in the red zone, our opponents the last two weeks, something also that garnered the attention of the head coach. We got to get better in that area. There's no question. That's a big part of this league. When you look week in and week out at that stat, it's a big uh, contribution to if you win the game or not. We've heard Vance Joseph talk a lot, Kyle, about Red zone defense, third down defense. Yes, there were 421 total yards allowed, but going from the 20 to the 20, defensive coordinators are okay with that. It's what you do those last 20 yards and the last two weeks. Defensively, Cardinals have not been able to stop anybody. Yeah, it's the story of most games is how you play on third down, both offensively and defensively, and what you can do in the red zone. And, um, you know, Drew talked about how, you know, quarterbacks um, are do a good job executing in the red zone these last two weeks but to me the biggest concern is is the run game in the red zone you know you've got to be able to stop the run when it gets down close and you know going back to the Vikings game again Dalvin Cook ran one right up the middle Alexander Madison ran one right up the middle and then Kenneth Kenneth Walker the third with the way he runs in his physical style um, was a problem for the Cardinals when the ball got down there Um, he ran through tackles and, and really just kept his legs churning and was able to get into the end zone. So, you know, four of the those nine red zone drives that that were touchdowns um, were running the football, and that's a problem. And it's, again, something that has been an issue as of late. Even going back to the Saints game, Alvin Kamara came out and ran the ball well early. They had to get away from it later in the game, and then this defense has struggled the last two weeks stopping the run um, consistently. And particularly down in the red zone, if you can't stop the run, that's going to be a problem. Walker, a one-yard run, a five-yard run, and where did he go to school, Drew? Michigan State. That's why I just want to make sure you get that in there. 11 carries for 62 yards and two touchdowns in the fourth quarter for Walker, who finished with 109 yards on the ground. The defense overall, yes, some good, but mostly bad there in the final 15 minutes. Zayvon Collins on his message about the defense. I think we just got to keep stay together, keep our heads up, and just keep flying to the football as a defense and, you know, get better during practice and, you know, keep competing with each other. 
we hear once again get better in practice but it's making sure that fingers don't get pointed one direction or the other the offense the defense defense the offense we saw some of that with the rams this past week in tampa bay you don't want that to get into the locker room do you drew no it's hard i mean you have to find that balance right but i would also say some of this young talent that is performing they need to step up and be vocal, right? Just because you're a rookie or, or you're a second-year guy does not mean that you can't be a leader, right? The, the best teams I've been on, they almost had a veteran presence or a leader within that position group, right? Right now, those guys need to step up, and the onus has to be on them within their specific position group of saying, this is not okay, this is not tolerated anymore, and then that will lead to a better hole on defense, a better hole on offense of what's going on. And like I said, it's it's what happens sometimes when you're not prepared or you feel like you're not doing this, you can't hold somebody else accountable. All of these guys that are making plays, that are doing these things, they need to step up because the nucleus is there. The nucleus has been there. It's just a matter of conversion what you take from the practice field and putting that on Sundays and there's many reasons why that might not be happening but that is an individual basis of what you can do on a week-to-week basis for yourself to put yourself in a position to win and the team in the best light. One of those veterans in the locker room might not be available this week at least according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. Buda Baker a high ankle sprain is expected to be out two to three weeks. And again, going into the Rams this week, you want to make sure you have all your pieces available, and that is a gigantic piece that now does not seem likely that he will be on the field this Sunday. We will touch on the Cardinals and Rams coming up on Sunday, Week 10, as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. A reminder, Arizona Cardinals single-game tickets are available now. Go to azcardinals.com slash tickets for more information. Cardinals lost to the Rams earlier this season. This is game two of a three-game stretch within the NFC West. Cardinals cannot afford to drop to 0-4 within the division. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. the snap another play fake Stanton has to step up in the pocket looking deep fires left side open is John Brown he caught it touchdown John Brown and Arizona takes the lead what a grab by the rook oh if you're gonna mess with the bird you're gonna get the beak and Drew Stanton with a perfect throw right over the top Got to go in the Wayback Machine all the way to 2014. John Brown, 48-yard touchdown catch off the right arm of one Drew Stanton. Remember everything about that play? No, I remember the police escort afterwards because I thought my wife was going into labor. So that's what I remember about that game. On top of 2014, it's almost a decade ago. It makes you feel old. Then I realized Kyle was older than me, so I still feel better about myself. I did not know that story about the police escort. Maybe we have a new, another uh, Folktales no, episode. Yeah, in the, we, no? are, we already no, stretched no. one Folktale. Let's don't not you, do another. Don't you always get a police escort? <laughs> well, <laughs> that just depends, yeah. yeah. Usually to the game, not <laughs> not after. That's uh, actually one of the few times the Arizona Cardinals beat the then St. Louis Rams. It has been a while. Cardinals have lost 11 of 12 to the Rams all since Sean McVay was hired in 2017. And wouldn't you know it, the Cardinals play at the Rams this Sunday. 2.25 is the kickoff. 9.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins. And when you look at the Rams, Kyle, it's always that defense and number 99, Aaron Donald. Even more so this week, considering the Cardinals aren't quite sure 
who might the starting center be or who the starting right guard might be. Yeah, it's tough. It's a, it's a tough week to be um, to have injuries inside, to be shuffling players around. Um, you know, look, um, in spite of the Rams' struggles, Aaron Donald is still Aaron Donald. He's got five sacks on the season, um, shows up play after play, consistently dominates regardless of who he's lined up against, um, has had a lot of success against the Cardinals, um, especially recently. Um, so, you know, they're going to have to ga- have a game plan for dealing with him. You know, in the past, um, you know, going back to the first matchup last year when the Cardinals won, um, they ran it right at him. They tried to take it to him, tried to wear him out. Um, you know, that, that might be a little bit more difficult when you're um, dealing with injuries on the interior of your offensive line. The updates as far as center and right guard. Rodney Hudson not expected to play. Billy Price likely your center again. This is all from head coach Cliff Kingsbury earlier in the week. Will Hernandez will not play this week. And the question is, who will be the right guard? Perhaps Lucita Smith. They want to keep Sean Harlow at the center spot. And again, another offensive line combination. This will be the seventh and fourth in as many weeks. Here's the head coach on dealing with a depleted O-line. Yeah, that's tough, but, but we got to find a way to uh, be better and sustain drives. We, we continue to have the self-inflicted stuff that um, we can't have against a good team and uh, put us in those second and long, third and long situations, which against that defense and that front, you can't live like that. And again, with Aaron Donald, Drew, it's always that interior pressure that seems to bother Kyler Murray the most and one of the best interior defensive linemen in the game, period, is number 99. Cardinals had a hit or miss as far as being able to contain him throughout his career. Yeah, I mean, look, sometimes it's the veteran guys that get more nervous because they've seen him and, and seen that. A guy like Lasita Smith, I'd love to see him line up and go, right? Like with the mindset that he's going to have of going out there and you, you heard how he likes to play the game even in training camp, right? Like there's a nastiness to him, like Will Hernandez, that you just love to see. And as a quarterback, from my perspective, I'd be going there and trying to instill as much confidence as possible. And if something happens, if something goes on, go to the next play. Just keep playing the next play. And that's really the message of this team of like, okay, if we get behind the eight ball, if something goes wrong and we get off schedule, let's try to get back on schedule, but let's not do it at a detriment to ourselves or this team and where it can really become a small mistake that leads into a bigger mistake. And that's what this team really needs to find a way to do is nip something in the butt before it all of a sudden starts spiraling. And I think that, again, is going to be the leadership on offense to be able to do that. It's a collective effort, but the offensive line is what it is. You know what? Everybody is sitting there saying, how can you stop Aaron Donald? I love the idea of running right at him, trying to wear him down, get bodies on him, lean on him, and do all this. But at the same time, we've also seen this defense give up big plays. They've had miscommunication. They've been able to be more susceptible. Even you know Jalen Ramsey, as good and as athletic as he is, they've got to be able to communicate as well because that crowd noise that's going to exist you know, in SoFi, that's also the defense that they have to handle being able to do that. So this is not the Super Bowl team with everything swinging in their momentum that we've seen in the past. They have their own issues on the offensive line. It's going to be, another again, another game of can you establish the run? Everything in any NFL offense always starts with the run. And getting James Conner back, hopefully a larger workload, and Eno Benjamin's done a great job. But getting just the presence of James Conner on the field, I think, is a huge asset for everybody else because he is that leader that you need. Rams have been good against the run. Fourth in yards per game, fifth in yards per play. But again, it comes back to 
to can you run behind this offensive line and whatever iteration it's going to be injury is a part of the game and for head coach Cliff Kingsbury you just have to adjust it's something that everybody deals with in the NFL and so you got to be able to adjust and adapt and, and hold the standard um, high and make sure whoever steps in there is accountable and can get it done and as coaches we got to do a better job making sure those guys are ready to go and can function at a high level and you know it's it's a group effort Cardinals have lost four of five. Rams have lost four of five since beating the Cardinals in week three, 20 to 12. Rams coming off a loss at Tampa Bay, 16 to 13. Again, this is not the same team that won the Super Bowl a year ago, Kyle. It's an offense that did not look great. Eight three and outs last week against the Buccaneers and an offense that is outside of Cooper Cup trying to redefine themselves. Yeah, um, they've got, like you guys already talked about, they've got their own problems. They're having a difficult time running the ball. Um, You know, last week they had a bunch of drops on offense. They are looking for an identity as well, which is, you know, kind of absurd when you try to run it back with a lot of the same players. Um, But, yeah, I mean, um, outside of, like you said, Cooper Cup, they just really can't get much going, not much continuity. They're dealing with their own injuries like Drew talked about. Um, and, you know, one thing you can feel good about is, you know, in spite of even the defense's problems against the Seahawks, um, they held their two premier receivers while they both had touchdowns. They only had five catches each. And it's a consistent theme. Consistently, this team is taking the number one receivers out of games. Um, going back to the last time they played, um, they held Cooper Cup to four catches, which um, nobody seems to be able to do. So if they can find that formula and limit um, how effective Cooper Cup is in this game, um, it'll be difficult for the Rams to move the ball. Cardinals trailed early in that first meeting. They got down 13 to nothing. did have an opportunity late in the game to make it a game, but in the end, on the wrong end of a 20-12 to 12 decision. But now you're looking, Drew, for the split. You're looking to keep your season alive with respects to the potential of being a playoff team. Can't go to 0-4 within your division, though. Yeah, I mean, look, the wild card is going to be hard to try and chase. Your best chance is to win the division, and that's going to be one game at a time. Uh, I know that locker room's not thinking about the 49ers next week. Their whole effort is we just need one more point than the Los Angeles Rams. That's it. 225 is the kickoff on Sunday, 9.30 a.m. Pre-game coverage begins, and then, of course, we'll talk about it one week from today here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Zach Larson, for Drew Stanton and Cal Bosch. I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next week here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals football club. Oh.